You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. If you look at it, you know, on a gold equivalent basis, there's roughly 6 million ounces within the Condor project and about 5 million ounces of that um, are gold. What we got is an earlier stage story in Luminex with a lot of upside potential, with a management team that knows what we're doing, have the ability to finance, and we hope to uh, add much more shareholder value. Every CEO will tell you their share price and their stock and their company is well undervalued. I'm telling you that we're super undervalued here and it's a great investment opportunities. I'm Bill Powers and this is Mining Stock Education. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you'd like to engage the show or the topics I cover, feel free to email me at bill at miningstockeducation.com. In today's show, we're gonna be getting a significant update from one of our sponsors, Luminex Resources. Ticker symbol is LR in Toronto and L-U-M-I-F in New York. And if you've been listening to my last uh, recent shows, as everybody's been on quarantine around the world, I was able to interview Ross Beatty and uh, talk to him about one of his investments, which is in Luminex Resources. He owns just shy of about 20% of the company. And he said, quote, I would buy the stock every day if I could. It's just a really, really great exploration speculation with multiple assets any one of which could give you a multiple of where the stock is trading at today. So it's cheap, well-managed, and it's got enough capital to follow through on its business plan. That's Luminex Resources. Well, in the last week, Luminex has released two press releases, mostly about the Condor Gold Project in the southern part of Ecuador. And so joining me today, again, is CEO Marshall Koval, as well as Leo Hathaway, the Senior Vice President of Exploration for Luminex. Leo is a geologist with extensive experience in the exploration and mining sector, from grassroots to feasibility and development stage projects. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Um, Leo, it's your first time on the show, so welcome. Marshall, could you start off by giving us an overview of these two recent press releases about the Condor Gold Project, and what does this mean for investors? Yeah, let me do that, Bill, and let me stop, step back for a second and say thanks to all your listeners and yourself for the time. But I also want to kind of review and, and tee off of some of Ross's comments where he said multiple assets within the company. And I think if you'll recall from previous uh, interviews that we've done, Luminex Resources, we're focused on managing and, and advancing the Condor project in the camp zone, which we'll talk about in a second. But also we have JVs within Luminex with uh, BHP on our Tarkey project. That's a porphyry copper deposit in uh, southeastern uh, Ecuador and Anglo-American and our Pegasus uh, property in central Ecuador. In, in the last press release uh, that we put out some of the drill holes uh, and some of the updates uh, of, uh, of the company, we've talked a little bit about the prospectivity of Anglo's properties and BHP and Anglo are, are continuing to advance those projects as operators. In a combined sense, if they move through their option agreements, they will have spent about $100 million on these highly prospective copper projects. So I think um, when you look at Luminex, you have to look at us as a whole. Um, the most exciting new news is the discovery at the camp zone that we made uh, last year. We've been putting out uh, drill results. The last press release put out drill results for uh, holes 28, 27, 26. I'll let Leo talk a little bit about the significance of the 
significant nature of those. And then also um, those first 28 holes that we drilled at the camp zone, uh, holes number one through 28 are the basis of this resource estimate that we just announced uh, a 1.1 million gold equivalent ounces of inferred resources at the camp zone. And that's a maiden resource and that's a brand new deposit for us. So basically, if you look at um, our previous release resources at um, Condor, we had 1.4 million ounces and in indicated at the various deposits there and about 2.5 million ounces of inferred. So we've added a significant amount of ounces at Condor in the camp zone. Uh, it's really exciting because it's our highest grade uh, known mineralization to date. On the site, we have several other targets of higher grade potential that we'll be working on. And I think if you look at it in the context of roughly a million ounces being added of higher grade resources to the company, you know, if we look at where the market is, even the most beat down sort of advanced exploration development companies are trading at, you know, sort of $5 to $10 an ounce in the ground. So really, this uh, adds a lot of potential uh, market cap to the company that hasn't been realized. So basically, I think we have a really good investment thesis here. Ross kind of echoed that in his comments last week, and uh, we're really excited about the project. So I'll turn it back to you, Bill, and, and maybe Leo can walk you through the significant results that we've had. Thank you. Yes, Leo, could you talk about from the, a geologist perspective, what's the significance of what you've just released to the market? I'd kind of step back and just from for a start from the area we're in, we're 30 kilometers south of Fruta del Norte, which many people remember was one of the most exciting discoveries of the last cycle. And that's just been turned into a mine by Lundin Gold. They have approximately 9 million ounces at 10 grams gold there. So we're in a very exciting district with potential for significant discoveries. At the Condor project, we have numerous um, deposits that have been defined by drilling. The camp zone is the newest and the, and the highest grade, which is why we're, why we're excited about it. But it sits in a approximately four kilometer long corridor of mineralization right from our Prometador project in, this, in the southwest through further northwest of the of the camp zone. So as Marshall said, we've been we've been drilling at the camp zone. When we got to hole 28, we decided it was time to do a resource to to let people know what kind of size and grade we were finding there. And we have an inferred resource now of 11.9 million tons, grading 2.9 grams a ton gold equivalent, of which 2.26 grams is is gold and 19.5 grams is silver. And so we we feel that that is a that's a significant discovery. But it's important, I think, to underline that it's it's really just the beginning of the camp zone because we haven't really closed it off in any direction. And the news release before the news release with the resource estimate had a had a couple of holes from from right at the bottom of the of the zone we're drilling, which is about four hundred meters horizontally and six to six hundred and fifty meters down dip. And the two holes that that we have the deepest intercepts of, of that are as hole 28, which had a um, true thickness of 28.1 meters, grading 3.12 gold and 68.2 silver, and hole 12, which had 3.8 meters true width of 6.09 grams gold and, and 36.3 grams silver. So those were the two highest intercepts from the camp zone, which are sitting down there wide open. And, and, and additionally, we have really good targets um, in both directions along strike. So, And Leo, didn't the press release indicate that at depth, uh, you could 
expect higher grades even? Well, well, that's right. As I said, in, given the environment we're in, nothing would be a surprise. So, you know, it's hard to make predictions, especially in geology. But, uh, you know, we're certainly we know we're in the right environment and we've got a system that, that is capable of producing high grade, high grade gold. So 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 that, that makes it very exciting. And another potential upside that the press release indicated was the connection of the Camp Zone deposit and the Soledad deposit. And if those connect, we could be looking at a significant, uh, significantly greater resource. Is that correct? Well, that's, that, that's our feeling. When we look at the rocks at Soledad, they look strikingly similar to the Camp Zone. And we see them at surface in, in dikes connecting the two. And we now have, we've been waiting until we had enough confidence from doing our surface sampling and mapping that we we weren't going to make a mistake when we drilled that that zone. We're calling it Soledad Bajo, which, which is just it's essentially the zone that will connect the two deposits. So, so now we feel that we we kind of understand it and we're confident enough of, of drilling that we're gonna we're gonna test that. And if the, if those do connect, then I think it'll be very exciting. Yeah. And at the Condor project, the various deposits you have here, so we'd be looking at maybe some pits as well as some underground mining when you get to that stage. I think that's right, and that's really just determined by by grade and 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 depth of, of the mineralization. That's the next step to figuring out the economics. Marshall, I was reviewing uh, what Barrick looks for in a project and what they consider a tier one project, and they consider at least five hundred thousand half a million ounces of gold production for at least ten years in the lowest half of the cost curve. With your experience, you've been at this for many decades, as you're looking at this project, can you talk about the potential of possibly fitting into that category one day? Yeah, I think um, as we continue to do more drilling, I think you'll see this thing expand. I think uh, Leo's comments about potential higher grade areas, we know that it's in a similar geologic terrain as Fruta del Norte, which has zones within Fruta that are quite a bit higher grade. So, you know, we've got uh, quite a few intercepts of higher grade material. And I think basically, if you look at this uh, in the longer run, it's sort of early days, but I think it could be the sort of project that eventually would interest a, a major company like Averic or a mid-tier company. And just anecdotally, I'm also on the board of Equinox Gold, as you know. And for instance, we have one of our mines in Brazil right now, it's a, sort of a 2,600 ton per day project called Fazenda Brasileiro, and it's an underground and open pit. But the underground resource that we have is sort of 6 million tons of 2.47 grams per ton gold. And that's at sort of $1,500 an ounce price. And then proven and probable uh, reserves on that are sort of 3.2 million uh, tons of 1.93 grams per ton. So we're, we're dealing with very similar grades. Um, and this is an operation that's been an operation for quite a while and it continues to produce. And, you know, Yamana Gold has the Jacobina project, which is a similar sort of story. It's a bit bigger project, sort of 6,500 tons a day, um, 19 million tons of reserves. And the average grade is 2.4 grams per ton gold at a similar sort of cutoff grade that we're looking at. And the point there is that um, independent of whether it's a mid-tier major or whoever it is, as we continue to expand this and we're doing metallurgy work and it looks like the initial response on the metallurgy at the camp zone is quite good. We have metallurgy on the other target areas. The idea here is that we can develop enough ounces, high grade quality ounces near surface and underground 
it looks like there may be the potential for a little bit of open pit at the camp zone and then move underground so that you could uh, finance and build a mill, whoever the operator may be in the future, and uh, start the project. And then you can start to bring in some of these additional resources. And if you look at it, there's roughly, um, you know, on a gold equivalent basis, there's roughly 6 million ounces within the camp, not the camp zone, but within the Condor project. And about 5 million ounces of that um, are gold. So what you have is the potential as a starter project here with the camp zone. And, you know, we're going to start looking as we drill a little bit further and understand Soledad Bajo better and Prometador. We're going to start to look at project development in the context of identifying a project. Um, metallurgy is key to this, and, and we hope in uh, next quarter we'll have the metallurgical results. And by all indications, very initially, um, you know, it looks real positive. Uh, so our idea here is to uh, start to get a little bit further along in the exploration. We did the resource through hole number 28, and we're up to hole number 32. Um, as we get a bit more drilling in and, and get results back, we'll start looking at defining a development project and then hopefully move to a PEA. So, you know, we're a bit off from uh, a tier one asset that, uh, that Varric would be looking at right at this stage, but you never know. A lot of these guys are starting to look at earlier stage projects and, and uh, I'm pretty convinced that uh, this project stands a good chance of being a mine in the future. And there's not a lot of 5 million ounce gold deposits out there. There, <laughs> there just isn't. Yeah. So in terms of advancing uh, this project, there obviously is the, the COVID-19 crisis around the world. Mines are shutting down. Peru told everybody to self-quarantine. And even some companies in Canada have canceled drill programs or canceled financing. Uh, Marshall, what can you share with the market about how you expect to advance throughout the rest of the year? And also, could you address your burn rate in Treasury at the moment? Yeah, I think if you look at um, the COVID-19 situation and in the context with the camp zone in particular, we, uh, we went on a drilling hiatus about 10 days ago. Um, we thought we would sort of stand down. We worked with our contractors and we've got sort of a care and maintenance sort of staff going on at Condor. We're, we're pretty isolated in Condor. There's not any communities right nearby. So we're able to continue some work. We're limiting the uh, movement of people in and out of the camp and, and we're taking the health measures, temperature measurements, all the kind of protocol that both the government and, and the World Health Organization would recommend to uh, keep people safe at Condor. But we are advancing some work. For instance, we're continuing to cut trails over to the Prometador area and, and build drill pads. And we have the drills on site. They haven't left site. So once this epidemic kind of settles down and um, we will get back to drilling and, and continue to advance the project. So Right now, um, you know, we're, we're just trying to keep everybody safe, our community safe, our employees, our contractors, and uh, so we've stepped back a bit. But once things sort of clear up, and uh, we'll continue on. So if you look at um, sort of the burn rate, we've got about 5 million U.S. Um, in the Treasury right now, which would carry us quite a bit through the, uh, toward the end of the year. And all that will depend on how quick we can get back to drilling because drilling and assaying is our largest cost component uh, right now. 
uh, as far as burn rate for the company goes. Leo, before we uh, leave talking about the Condor project, is there anything you'd like to say about the results thus far or uh, future prospectivity of the project? I touched on it, but I'd just like to expand a little on the CAM zone really forms part of a cluster of deposits, approximately 500 meters to the northeast. We have the um, Los Cuis deposit, where we where we have nearly a million ounces of gold gold equivalent contained. These deposits are all listed in the in the in the table in the news release. And then then we have the CAM zone, which we've been talking about. So further further northwest of the CAM zone, we're finding more mineralization at surface. We we think. The camp zone is um, probably truncated by a fault there, but we've defined another drill target now with f- further surface work that we're calling the northwest extension of the camp that we'll, we'll get to drilling at some point. And then in the opposite direction uh, to the southeast of the camp, we have Soledad, where we have currently 300,000 ounces of, of, of gold equivalent. And that trend then continues further southeast of Soledad, as I mentioned, it's so far nearly four kilometers through to our Prometador project where Marshall mentioned we're just pushing a pushing an access road up there so we can get to drill testing and we've been doing a lot of surface work. We've got many surface samples above a gram and again, similar dikes and similar geology to what we're seeing at the camp zone. So you know the camp the camp zone is 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 new and it's and it's high grade and and we're excited about it. But I just wanted to put it into context that it, it's part of a, a district of deposits that that are all pretty exciting. Yeah, and I, Bill, can I jump in here and add a, a couple things? I think one of the the points that Leo kind of touched on earlier, but I think it merits uh, a little bit further elaboration is. This, this corridor between, you've got Mirador to the north, uh, that's a, a copper mine that uh, Echo Corianti is uh, put into, or access put into production. And then you've got about 30 kilometers south of that Fruta del Norte, and we're about 35 kilometers south of Fruta. It's probably the high, most highly mineralized trend of known mineralization in all of Ecuador, and it's got two new producing mines that were put in uh, production last quarter of 2019. And it really hasn't been systematically explored. Even our Condor Project land package still has several targets, both straight um, gold epithermal type deposits and then porphyry copper or porphyry golden copper deposits, um, sort of the south. So there, like Leo says, there's a lot more upside potential that this uh, this land package that we have has to bear. And, you know, we're a group that's fully capable of financing. Both Leo and I have been business partners with Ross all the way back to 2004. And we've been through all the Lumina Group companies, Lumina Copper, Anfield, uh, you know, Lumina Gold, Luminex. And we've always been able to deliver the market sort of guidance that or we've been able to deliver on the guidance we've given to the market. We have the ability to finance. We have a management team that's been able to uh, add value to projects. And, you know, the, the Lumina Group story has been to add value and exit onto somebody that would build the project. And so we're capable of advancing this and we see a huge amount of upside yet within the Condor land package. Marshall, you mentioned at the outset um, about Anglo and how they're advancing your Pegasus A and B project. Is there anything more you wanna say about that? Yeah, I think it'd be good to have Leo kind of step in here and talk about some of the uh, the geologic uh, work that's being done out there. Anglo has been uh, a really good partner. They've 
put quite a bit of effort into geologic mapping, sampling both uh, stream sediment basin sampling and rock sampling, and then flowing geophysics. And they've taken a really good approach to um, the Pegasus project. And Pegasus is sort of a district play. It's our largest land package, 67,000 hectares. And they've identified several potential porphyry targets, and they're looking primarily for porphyry copper, but there are some gold targets out there as well. But Leo, maybe you can talk a little bit about the, um, the geophysics work and some of the target generation where Anglo hopes uh, to be drilling before the year end. I guess the first thing to say is that Pegasus is a, is a it's a big project. It's 67,000 hectares. Anglo up to the end of last year had spent um, approximately 7.5 million US exploring. They've, they've really been a very good partner and I've been impressed by the the standard of the exploration they're doing. They're taking a very methodical look at it and they, they're doing um, mapping, sampling. They've done airborne geophysics, almost 2,000 line kilometers of, of airborne geophysics. And they've defined some, some very interesting porphyry and epithermal targets on the property. And that what, what they're doing now is, is following up on those targets and they'll be drill testing the the highest priority targets that they've got there. So it, it's, it's really it's really exciting to watch what they're doing. And it's nice to see a big company that, that's capable of doing this kind of exploration. And, uh, I, you know, I, th- I think they stand as good a chance as any is finding something. Yeah, and then if they complete the agreement here, they would own 60% and they still have to spend about $50 million. Is that right? That's right, yeah. And I'll point out for investors that in US dollars, the market cap is about $35 million for Luminex right now. But here, just at one of the projects, you have a partner that is going to be spending up to 50 million US, which is $15,000, excuse me, $15 million more than the current market cap. Well, uh, Marshall, as we conclude, any final thoughts you'd like to share? Well, uh, yeah, I'd just like to talk a little bit about BHP as well. And, you know, the Tarkey project that BHP is advancing. Um, BHP has done quite a bit of work uh, in the field, primarily working with our people initially to get a social license in the Tarkey area. They've gone in and done a fair amount of geologic work on top of the uh, geologic discovery we made at Tarkey. Tarkey's a bit different animal than uh, Pegasus. It's a, a couple specific targets within a 5,000 hectare uh, project area, but it has some of the highest grade um, copper results that we've found in any of the work that we've done in Ecuador. There's a lot of samples plus 1% copper and they recently flew geophysics over the site and you know them as well as us have taken precautions with COVID-19 and they've uh, they've stepped back and they've gone to care and maintenance as well but their, their intention is once things start up again uh, to get to drilling as soon as they can at uh, Tarkey and they have a commitment to spend uh, 42 million dollars over six years to earn 60 percent and then they can earn an additional um, 10% by spending another uh, $40 million, which basically takes it to a feasibility or a production decision for the most part. And then I think that's the other thing to add on the Anglo deal. They can move up to 70% of ownership if they carry us to a construction decision at uh, Pegasus A and B. So all in all, if you look at it, I think Ross, uh, Ross summed it up the best when he says, I'd be buying the stock every day if I could. Um, I think it's a really good value proposition. There's a lot more of discovery potential, both in the, the gold and in the copper areas. And the way we've set the company up structurally 
is um, say BHP or Condor, they move towards uh, development and uh, even Anglo for that matter, move towards the development. We can spin these companies off into their own separate entities and, and transact. That's been the Lumina Copper model. Uh, that's the model that we've followed as Lumina Group. So we're, uh, we're out there trying to add value, advance these projects, and, uh, and we're highly aligned with the shareholders in that, uh, you know, for instance, in Luminex, between management and Ross, we own some 27% uh, of the company. And then there's a tight group of investors that follow us that uh, own quite a bit of the company as well. And, and that's based on our track record of success. So I think at the end of the day, um, as opposed to the Lumina Gold story in our Congrejos project, which is far down the development path, a lot of that project is to pre-feasibility study level. And uh, what we got is an earlier stage story in Luminex with a lot of upside potential, with a management team that knows what we're doing, have the ability to finance, and we hope to uh, add much more shareholder value. And I guess my last comment is every CEO will tell you their share price and their stock and their company is well undervalued. I'm telling you that we're super undervalued here and it's a great investment opportunity. So I hope this helps your, uh, your followers, Bill, get an idea of what we're up to uh, in Luminex and uh, appreciate the time today. Yes, thank you, Marshall. And I'm going to put a link to uh, Luminex's, not only the website, which is luminexresources.com, but also the sign up for the email so that you can have the news releases sent to you the morning that they uh, come out. Again, if you're pulling up a stock chart, look for LR in Toronto and L-U-M-I-F in New York. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on Mining Stock Education and providing an update. I really appreciate it. Great, Bill. Thanks for having us. Thanks very much, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.